So our Twin Peaks Unwrapped, the book, is currently out at bluerosemag.com. It is $19.99, so get your copy today as supplies are very limited and will be running out very soon. So if you haven't got your copy today, go to bluerosemag.com today. And welcome to this week's edition of Twin Peaks Unwrapped. I'm your host, Brian Kazaska, and beside me is always... Ben Durant. Ben, guess what? What? We have an awesome show today. We have an awesome show. I know. Every week we have an awesome show, but this show is awesomer. We have Charlotte Stewart, a.k.a. Mrs. Briggs, on the show today. It's so cool that she came on our show. Yeah. So, like, June 1st, her new book comes out. It's a memoir. We get to talk to her a little bit about it. Twin Peaks, David Lynch. Eraserhead. It's so cool. Some of the stories she tells us. And I'm actually really excited to get her book. And and she'll be at the Great Southern, and maybe she'll sign copies of her book. Yeah. So, uh, without further ado. All right. We're on the phone with Charlotte Stewart, and uh, she's got a new book coming out on June 1st, Little House in the Hollywood Hills, A Bad Girl's Guide to Becoming Miss Beetle, Mary X, and Me. Hi, Charlotte. (laughs) Hi. Hi, guys. How you doing? Great. So, yeah, you're only a few weeks away from uh, your, your book coming out i know it's not it's unbelievable i mean uh, it seemed like it was never going to happen then all of a sudden it's like in a couple of weeks that's awesome you know what's so impressive i, I went to imdb you have over uh, 71 credits as an actress in tv and <laughs> film you've had over 50 years in film and television like what a great career you've had i've been i've been extremely lucky i start my first job on on the air was about I was 19 years old, right out of school, and uh, it never stopped. That's something. So you meant to to write a book? I mean, you yeah, yeah. 15 years. <laughs> I mean, this is the time is now, so it's so exciting. Well, I'm glad you think so because it never occurred to me to do it until my friend Andy Dembski, who wrote the book with me, he actually guided me along the way. You know, he kind of you know kicked me in the butt and said, "You've got to write a book," and I finally believed him. So That's there it is, out there. And there's so much, I mean, I was looking at the list and it's like, there's so many things I could talk about. And, and this is mostly a Twin Peaks podcast. And I, but I think we can talk about a little bit of everything that. Wow. But, good. Yeah, yeah. So I could start off with saying Neil Young has a quote that says, I didn't know Miss Beetle knew so much about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. <laughs> God bless his <laughs> heart. And you were part of the movie. In 1982, Neil Young released a film that he co-directed, co-wrote, and starred in, Human Highway. And you were in that movie. Human Highway. Yeah. That's correct. And it's like, it looks so good. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm really intrigued and I want to see it. And uh, Well, you should. I think it's available on YouTube, although the latest edition um, is the best one out. And I'm not sure which one is on YouTube, but he's tinkered with it for, you know, 25 years or so, or maybe more. Um, I think it is more, <laughs> looking at the date. Um, but it was a love of his. He just loved it. It's a nuclear comedy about the mm-hmm. last day on Earth. And it stars Devo and Neil and uh, Dennis Hopper and um, a whole bunch of other guys that you, you know, 
You're probably too young to know about, but they're terrific. And Russ Tamblin, who is Jacoby in Twin Peaks, he was in that in that movie as well, wasn't he? Yes, he yeah. was, and he's going to be at the Twin Peaks Festival in August. That's awesome. As I will. Yeah. yeah. So are you going to be there? I don't think we're going to be able to make it. We we will be going to the Great Southern in a few weeks. Yes, we're so. going to see of you course. there. Of course. And Good. so on, in February, you actually did do a panel or a question and answer with you about uh, with uh, Neil Young and about Human Highway, right? Is, I did. Yeah. I did, Cameron. Crow, the director, uh, had a Q&A live in 400 theaters after they ran a, you know, a show of a, a Human Highway. And I hadn't seen Neil in quite a while, but uh, I was actually at the at um, the South by Southwest with him last year for Human Highway mm. and also in the Toronto Film Festival. So he's been pushing it pretty good, but it's a very nostalgic piece and it's really funny. Yeah. What was it like working with him? What was it like ha- having him direct you? Well, I've known Neil since he was a puppy. Mm. You know, I met Neil in the early 70s. I was friends with his manager and I had a clothing store in the same building where Neil's manager was, you know, Hmm. held his office. So it was right across from Electra Records. So I had a lot of, you know, rock guys coming in and out of the building and stopping by my store. It was called the Liquid Butterfly. Hmm. And if you remember one of Neil's um, earlier album covers, it's the back of his pants with a whole bunch of patches on it. Yeah. That's what we did in my clothing stores. We patched guys' pants. Oh, wow. (laughs) That's That's cool. cool. <laughs> That's how old I am. <laughs> so part of the title of your book is A Bad Girl's Guide. From everything I've seen of you as an uh, uh, your characters you've played and even the interviews you've done, I've never thought of you as a bad girl or a <laughs> oh, bad girl. Well, that that's what I said you're too young to remember those. <laughs> no, I I actually thought it would be a good draw for the book yeah but, you know i do go into you know have you seen my book yet i've seen i've seen the yeah i've seen the cover in the back i mean i've gone to the website and i've looked at it on amazon i'm gonna have a copy with me in fact i'm, I'm gonna be signing books at the bookstore there uh in richmond virginia so nice. um maybe you'll get a chance to read it and find out how bad a girl i was <laughs> i was actually thinking of probably picking it up there because yeah they'll probably have copies that'll be out so I'll probably they pick it up. did. Yeah. They ordered it. So you also, I mean, you're you're well known for Little House on a Prairie, and uh, yes. How was that experience working with Michael Landon? And you actually also were was in one episode of Highway to Heaven as well. Yeah, I was, and uh, it, it it meant a lot that Michael, you know, remembered me and asked me to play um, a part in Highway to Heaven. It was a two parter, hmm. and uh, so and it was a really nice show. Michael was a terrific guy to work for. You know, he was funny and he was irreverent and he liked to play tricks on everybody mm-hmm. and yet he he ruled that show with a firm hand. You mm-hmm. know, you you even the children, you came on time, you knew your words, you know, you got to go home at six o'clock like everybody else, you know, every every other TV show I ever worked on, you know, you're working till eleven and you're back in at six a.m. and no, but he he loved his crew. They he they had families, he had family. Mm. So everybody got, you know, he worked it just so that everybody got to go home on time. And they were fairly treated and well paid. And, you know, I can't say enough about him. Yeah. I miss him terribly. It was a mm. it was a terrible shock. When I was doing research, it's, at least in Twin Peaks, it seems like you were always able to make suggestions and and shape your character a little bit. Did you do that? I well? had, yeah. I had a few ideas, yeah. um, which they were, you know, agreeable to. Um, the one that's so funny that I never told them about was the uh, when I wore the happy face button to Laura Palmer's funeral. Uh. 
That's great. You know, nobody, nobody on the show noticed at all. Everybody was too involved with, you know, there, the, the funeral scene was the whole cast plus a whole bunch of extras. Mm. The episode where they had Laura Palmer's funeral was, you know, several months into the show itself. Mm. So, you know, people were paying attention to other things. And I wore this big yellow happy face on my mm. suit. And, but the fans picked it up. I started getting, you know, happy face everything, <laughs> happy face cards. And so I do when I go on these shows um, or, you know, like um, the Great Southern, I always bring a big bag of happy face buttons. And oh, give them out, that's so nice. That's you know, because, cool. you know, you're never fully dressed unless you're wearing a smile. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have to actually uh, interview for, for Betty Briggs. Do you remember how that came No, about? I didn't. Yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't have to interview at all. Um, I had done a racer head with David, mm. so he he knew me and and my roommate at the time. I was sharing a house with Jack Nance, yeah, and and who you know discovered she's dead wrapped in <laughs> Pete Martell, yeah, Pete Martell. So David came to dinner one night and told us about the show, which then was called Northwest Passage. Mm. And because there had been another show called Northwest Passage, they decided to change it to Twin Peaks. So there was no confusion. Yeah. But yeah, I knew I was playing Betty Briggs. I didn't know what that meant. I was totally surprised when I met uh, Don Davis, who plays my husband, Major Briggs. Somehow I thought he would be this big, tall, handsome guy. And <laughs> here's this kind of slightly rounded, you know, redhead, middle-aged guy. And, and uh, I misjudged him completely. Mm. Don Davis is was, God bless, rest his soul, he was one of the more interesting men I have ever met. Yeah. He was a painter. He was a teacher. Mm. He was, he became a very good friend. Yeah. And I miss him too. Too many of my friends have gone. Yeah. Mentioning Don Davis, I have a couple quotes that he says about you. He, he, he says, every time I, I got to be with Charlotte was one of the best days of my life. One of the, oh. one of the nicest people he had ever met in his life. And that's you. Well, that see, yeah. I think the same thing about him. Oh. He was just a real sweetheart. Yeah. And mentioning mention that, that first dinner where you found out about, about having that part, I believe it was uh -huh. da David Lynch's birthday, and he had invited Kyle MacLachlan, Laura Dern, Mark Frost, and, and you, I believe, for, yes. for dinner. Yes. Uh, we were at a restaurant, and uh, and it was a very small dinner party. You know, Mark Frost and, like you say, David, Laura Dern, and Kyle, and Jack Nance and myself, and uh, was very kind of intimate. And at the time... I wondered what they were talking about. I already mm. knew we were going to do Twin Peaks. Mm. But at the time, Kyle and Laura and David Lynch were looking down the table at me and then looking at each other and then looking at me. And I found out later they were thinking of having me play Lord's mother mm. in, was it Wild at Heart? Laura Stern's real mother ended yes. up playing her mother. Right. That's correct. They were looking at me to mm. play her mother. I didn't know that until much later, but I thought, what are they talking about? <laughs> but, yeah. That's no, her her mother played it. It was much better in it than I would have been. Oh, I think you would have done a great job with that. At that oh, yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and at that dinner, I think she Lynch had said everybody should would get a part in in Twin Peaks. And it's interesting. I think he, he was even talking about Laura Dern. And it's funny that we now know from Showtime that that Laura Dern will be in the new series. Yeah, so it's cool. funny. It took twenty five years for her to be a <laughs> oh, part really? of it. I didn't know that. I know so little about the show. How did you find out about the new series on Showtime? Did David Lynch uh, contact you? Yes. As a matter of fact, um, early last 
year, I got a phone call. It was David calling directly, and he said, Sharp, mm-hmm. you're ready to go to work? <laughs> <laughs> nice. I love it. It couldn't, it couldn't have been better timing. You know, I didn't know. I hadn't worked in a while, and I had moved up to Napa in the North, North California area. And, you know, at, at this age in my life and this age in my career, I didn't even know if I'd work again. So it was a, a blessing. And he also gave me a nice quote for my book. I don't know mm. if you noticed on the back. He, he called me up and he said, Char, you got a pencil? And said, yeah. And he said, okay, write this down. And then he wrote down the quote. And he said, okay, read it back to me. And I've got and the that quote. Was my quote. I've got your yeah. quote. So Charlotte Stewart is my kind of girl, of girl, a talented, courageous actress, a loyal friend, and one who brings happiness to work. Happiness to the set. Yeah, to the happiness set. to work. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that something? A while ago, I used to think, oh, you must have been a student with, with David Lynch. But no, you've you 15 years before Razorhead, you you've been working in television and film. And so, what made you decide to do a Razorhead? Well. Um, back in the day and still, you know, as of today, I will always work for a student filmmaker. Mm. You know, it, I don't care if it pays or not or whatever. But time I had done several uh, student films for, you know, USC students and UCLA and all. I got a call. My my roommate at the time was working with Jack Fisk as a volunteer mm. at AFI, American Film Institute. And she came home and she said, there's this director student director who's looking for an actress, and I told him my roommate's an actress, and he said, great. So he came to dinner with his wife, Peggy, mm-hmm. and he brought the script, and uh, and I was cast as Mariette. So <laughs> I had, I had just, I was doing the Waltons at the time, mm-hmm. and then I had, I, I started Little House on the Prairie right after that, but you know, as you probably know about Eraserhead, it took about four years to shoot, yeah. about four years to edit. And um, so for the next four years, I was in and out of uh, Little House in the Prairie Miss Beetle costumes and back mm-hmm. into Mary X. So I, I never expected that. But And then when the when the movie was released, or before it was released, he showed it to us at AFI. And it was about, I think at the time it was about two and a half hours long. Wow. And he said, he said, what do you think? Mm-hmm. David, I think it, it, it's like a toothache. It hurts <laughs> so bad. Wow. <laughs> he said, swell. <laughs> That's funny. Could you talk about, uh, there was actually uh, some cut scenes from Eraserhead, and one of them, you had actually get, uh, you had made a body cast. I did. I did. And I've, I've got a little bit of a short story to tell you about that. But yes, I ha- uh, he had in mind to shoot a scene where uh, Henry, put, in the middle of the night, pushes on Mary's stomach and breaks through into her womb and huh. finds all these fetuses. And so he had, this is before we started shooting, I had to had to go to his house, lay down on a, on a cot or a bed, and he painted me with this moulage, it's called. It's like a rubber, huh. kind of rubberized mixture, and then plaster of Paris cast. And this is from just below my chin all the way down to my pubic hair. Oh, my. Naked. I had no, I didn't know David. <laughs> I had my roommate with me there, Doreen. Wow. And and we had to do that. And, you know, I mean, I just went ahead and did it, you know. Wow. And it turned out he couldn't use it. Uh-huh. Um, it did, the effect didn't work very good. Um, so he gave me the cast. I have it to this day. To this day? Isn't that something? That's cool. I, I have it hanging in my bedroom. And when I was just up in North Bend to shoot the new Twin Peaks 
I finished my day of shooting and I went over to give him a hug goodbye. And he says to the entire room crew and everybody, you know, I have Charlotte naked in my bed. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And I just said, I just looked at him and smiled. (laughs) We just left it at that. (laughs) See, I was a bad girl. Yes. (laughs) I guess you were. There was another deleted scene or uh, that uh, you were, you were on roller skates for like a special effect. Yes, there was a special effect that he wanted where Mary flew through the room with her nightgown flying behind her, and it was like a dream sequence. Well, hell, all of a racer head is like a dream sequence. Mm, yeah, but he wanted the special effect, and the room was so tiny. And the only way he could think of to do it was put me on roller skates and put a rope around my waist under my robe or whatever and pull me really quick through the room. <laughs> but it didn't it didn't work either. Yeah. You tried. <laughs> I'm still amazed. You tried. I'm amazed you, you were doing a Little House on the Prairie in the daytime and then at nighttime you'd be doing a racer head. I don't know how you got enough sleep. I quite often didn't. Yeah. Quite often I would we finish before dawn at the AFI and then I would jump in my car and drive to Paramount Studios to do Little House. Hmm. And I didn't let them know that I was doing the student film because they, you know, my first job was to be ready and, and alert hmm. for um but it happened once on the Walton when I was doing that episode that I came in after having no sleep and completely blew my lines. I mean, I was apologizing all over the place, but I couldn't think straight. So, you know, it's just one of those things you have to deal with, you know, once you agree to do something like that. And you're human. I think everybody's allowed to have a yeah. bad day. Or you, What a great performance you did of Mary. I mean, what I loved about your performance is sometimes you didn't have to say anything. It was just the way you looked or had seizures or just the way you acted was incredible. <laughs> and then other times you would explode and you'd be angry. And I mean, to go from these different ranges, I think you did an incredible job on that film. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. You know, there wasn't a lot of direction as far as character or, you know, emotions or anything. David seemed to be more interested in the visual look of what was happening. Hmm. You know, he would he would direct um position of the body or something. He you know, he's a painter. It's my opinion that he more than filmed it, he painted Eraser Head. And I tell people when they say, What was it about? Tell me what the story was I say, No, I can't <laughs> because what you need to do is go to the movie like you're going to the Museum of Art and stand in front of it and and just let it wash over you. You don't have to know what it all means. Mm-hmm. That's true. And that that's my opinion. And, you know, David will never explain it. Yeah, it's a good thing. He, he never does. Right. Yeah. And that's probably no, what I love about him. That is, yeah, totally. Yeah. So back at Twin Peaks, one of my favorite scenes that you were in from the, from the show was this time where you were with Bobby and... Uh, Major Briggs comes back, and right before he comes back, Bobby talks about how he, he talks about how his dad had a dream about him, and then you go and say, "When I sleep at night, he would run his fingers through my hair. He didn't think I noticed, but I did. I did." Or I, I did. know, wasn't that sweet? Oh, it's so beautiful. It's so something. It was so sweet, and I think it's one of the few times in the whole series that you see that there was a love story. Mm. You know, we you don't have to spell it out. You can see it in you know the way she was worrying and frantic that he was gone, but it was, there was so much she didn't know about what Major Briggs did. Mm. You know, it was all very secretive. Right. And, um, but you could see the love there. And, and there was, there was one shot in the, in the diner too, that were together. Mm. We were just 
have our arms around each other. And that that was it. It was a private moment. Yeah. The final episode. Yeah, it's the final episode. Yeah. We have to give you credit that you have a lot to do with that scene with, with Bobby where I think you went to the director and said, hey, you know, you know, Major Briggs and, and, and I do have a very close, loving relationship and we should play it this way. And I, I think you had a lot to say about that scene. I did in one scene. Um, David wasn't there. He wasn't directing. Um, I think it was and Jack I it, Yeah, I think it was. I think it was. I was in the scene and... It didn't make sense to me that Betty wouldn't know that he had a secret, mm-hmm. um, you know, life. She had to. She had to be a part of that. And she. And so I said, you know, this dialogue doesn't make any sense. And they said, well, we'll have to go talk to the writers. Mm-hmm. So the, you know, the writer came down, and I said, it seems to me Betty would know not what specifically he was doing, but that it was secret, mm-hmm. and anything she knows, she can't talk about. Yeah. And they went, you're right. So that's how that. that scene ended well, up. Thank you for thank you for your for your contribution and sharing that because I, I do think that makes mm. her a fuller character. That yeah, she's not she's not dim wet. She's not naive. She knows what's going no. on. Yeah. Yeah. No, And what was it like working with Elvis in in uh, Speedaway? <laughs> well, I write about it in the book because how could I not? I only saw him. I was only there two days, but he was a perfect gentleman. I think he and Priscilla had just gotten married, or mm. not not too long before. You know, it was, um, I, there were only two of us in the scene, the woman that's in the car with him and me. I was the, the, the drive-in waitress. And between takes, you know, there's a lot of time where you just sit. And he went, he, he got me a chair. He pulled it up beside his chair. He took my hand and he talked about his mother. Hmm. He told me about Gladys. And I was, and how, you know, when he was in the army and they wouldn't let him come see her when she was ill. And Mm. he just kept talking about his mom. And I kept sitting there thinking, holy shit, Elvis is holding my hand. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Wow. That's cool. (laughs) Your book is also about uh, survival. Do you want to share anything about that? I mean, you've you've had some difficult times in life. I have. I have, as I'm sure many people have had difficult times in their life. And I just hope that maybe when someone reads this, they'll find out that, you know, there's places to go for help, Hmm. you know, Hmm. Uh, without being specific. um, I'm, I'm just, I always say I'm one of the luckiest people on earth that I've been through a lot of experiences and lived through it. And today I have a, I'm a newlywed. Hmm. Congratulations. Wow. Thank you. I just got married to my dear Michael. Mm. Michael Santos is my husband who's sitting mm. beside me right now. Mm. And um, we got married August 30th of last year. And my life is so full right now, of, mm. you know, with all, everything that's going on in his life and his work and my life and my work. I'm just very fortunate. Yeah. You know, I did what I I did what I did, and I learned my lessons, and I don't regret anything. And um, if this is of any help to anybody else, God bless them. God bless them. And you seem like a better person through through it all. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Well, here we are. You know, I'm 75, and a newlywed, and off on a new adventure with that book. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Cool. And so you're going to be at the Great Southern uh, June 9th through the 12th in Rich, uh, Richmond, Virginia. Yes. How yes, did, I will. Yeah, and you were there last year. How did you get involved with the Great Southern? Well, Andrew Blossom is the you know director of the show. Um, he, I had met him at one of the uh, 
Twin Peaks festivals, and he sent me a very nice letter and said, but I'd be willing to come, and I said, yes. Mm. We had a great time. I'm going to be signing books there and at the show and at the festival. And so you'll also be, you'll be doing a reading from your memoir. Have you decided yeah, yet? Yeah, I haven't one decided <laughs> which one yet. Yeah. I imagine it should be about Twin Peaks, don't you think? Well, we probably would Maybe, like that. Maybe, yeah, but, yeah. You know, honestly, you could read the telephone book, and I would, I'd be interested in this <laughs> one, too. So. <laughs> you are so sweet. Uh, but it's true. You I, bring a telephone book along just in case. <laughs> The only other thing I was going to ask you about is I don't know if you would have remembered anything from Firewalk with me. There actually was a scene between you and Don Davis, and you're in the living room, and and uh, Major Briggs is yes. reading from the Bible, and uh, he's well, reading from the Bible, and we're listening to opera. And how was that? It was probably like a, a, maybe a one day shoot. It was for... one day, yeah. It was, uh, you know, as it, as you know that Firewalk with me was a prequel, mm-hmm. and uh, there was one brief scene, but then it was cut out of the movie. But now I understand it's back in. Yeah, I just rewatched it. It was it's in the missing pieces the Blu-ray. There's actually that scene, so it's wonderful to actually get to see your performance. Oh, <laughs> all I did was listen to Don read the Bible. Yeah, and I think you answered you answer the door to Laura, and she says, oh, Bobby's downstairs in the basement. So I think you had, like, a, one line or something. But it's, right, still, it's still right. great to see you on, on film. And, uh, yeah. Thank you. Would you share anything about your um, Catherine Coulson and Jack Nance? I mean, these are longtime oh. friends of yours. I know, unfortunately, have passed away. Yes, I, um, Catherine and I became friends. Well, Catherine and Jack and I became friends when we did Erase Your Head. But she and I really became close friends when we worked on Erase Your Head, I mean, on the Twin Peaks together. Mm. And then I've known her through the years. We've stayed in touch. In fact, she did give me a call um, last summer to say she had lung cancer. She uh, just wanted me to know. Yeah. And then I saw her at the Twin Peaks Fest, her last appearance there. Mm. And she was quite ill, but she was so gracious. And so available to all the fans. I just admired her. So, you know what? Yeah. Catherine Coulson made me a better friend. Oh, just a... knowing her made yeah. me a better friend. Oh. And, you know, her passing. So I'm going to get emotional. Yeah. And I miss her terribly. Oh. She, she is so sweet. I mean, that same time that she was at that festival, I reached out to her and I said, oh, would you mind doing being on the show? And I said, oh, I, we asked like 10 minutes of your time. And she gave us 10 minutes. And at the time, I didn't know she was sick. And, yeah, you know, it was great. I don't know if I was sick, if I would want to do anything. I would, so for yeah. her to yeah. be able to give that time, and, and she seemed like such a wonderful lady. I mean, yes, something else. that's true. That is very true. And Jack Nance, your roommate, what was it was it like uh, living with him? <laughs> <laughs> well, Jack, you know, Jack, when he came back from doing um, Blue Velvet, um, he he was in really bad shape. And mm. so Dennis Hopper flew with him back to Los Angeles and drove him directly to a rehab center. Wow. And And so when Jack got out, or when I heard he was getting out, I called him up. And I said, you know, what? how are you doing? What are you doing? Do you need a place to live? Hmm. And he did. And my roommate had just moved out to get married. I said, Jack, I've got a two-bedroom house here. You know, why don't you come over? And so he did. He moved in. And then we, we were roommates until he married Kelly. Hmm. And and then um, and then I got married at the time, too, my dear departed David. Hmm. But um, Jack and I were best friends shared a lot of crazy experiences. I may tell a story about Jack. Yeah, I think that's, maybe that's what I'll do for the book, because I've got a couple of fun Yeah, that'd be something. He seems like such a character. I mean, I think I read somewhere where, like, 
you know, he sometimes would take a long time to say something, and you guys did like a would be on the radio, and the, <laughs> D, the DJ or the guy would interrupt him because he thinks he was done talking or something. <laughs> yes, that happened. Um, well, God, I can't remember the name of the two DJs that they were in LA um, when Twin Peaks was on. They were just huge fans, and they had us on their show, and Jack would go to tell a story. <laughs> And they would just come in, like, with another question. Because he takes so long, uh, you know? Yeah. He takes so long. In fact, there's a scene in Wild at Heart. Um, I believe it's Wild at Heart where it, it takes place at a motel. And he he's there and he talks about his dog. Yeah. Do you remember that? I do. I remember My that. My dog. dog. <laughs> Thank you, Charlotte, for your time. And I, I'm so excited. Your book comes out June 1st. Little House in the Hollywood Hills, A Bad Girl's Guide to Becoming Miss Beetle, Mary X, and Me. Thank Correct. You. Thank you so much. You're so welcome, both of you. Thank you. And I'll see you in Richmond, Virginia yeah. next month. And thank you again to our guest, Charlotte Stewart. It was awesome to hear those amazing stories. And it's amazing that uh, we got a chance to talk to her while she was on the side of the highway. So that was really cool <laughs> that, that she cool. gave us um, 30 minutes of her time while driving so she did pull over I she will did say pull that. over she wasn't yeah yes <laughs> yeah so that was she's a sweetheart for doing that so we appreciate that and we get to meet her and we get to meet a lot of people who we've had on the show over the last year at the great southern yeah that'll be really exciting and she's gonna have uh she's gonna be reading from her memoir which is little house in the hollywood hills which you can get on amazon yes. and it'll come out june 1st but that's really going to be exciting. And she'll be part of that writer's panel with a lot of our friends. And on top of that, we will do our best to record as much as possible. So if you cannot make it, for whatever reason, keep us bookmarked at TwinPeaksUnwrapped.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Rate us, comment. But keep keep us to your ears this June because we're going to have everything as yep. much as we can. Uh, if you can't go, we will bring the Great Southern to you. Yeah, I, I I believe, I'd yeah. like to see you there. I mean, it'd be kind of cool that we're going to be there, and I hope we can see a lot of the other community members. Yeah, it's going to be, gonna be real, fun. really fun. Yeah, so uh, we'll be get back again next Wednesday. Every Wednesday. Every Wednesday. TwinPeaksUnwrapped.com. You can send us an email, TwinPeaksUnwrapped at gmail.com. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. Twin Peaks Unwrapped. Just look us up. We're there. And um, we're going to leave you with a little bit of uh, Charlotte Stewart from Twin Peaks. Sounds good. Sometimes when I'm sleeping, he runs his fingers through my hair. Maybe because I don't notice that. Sure.